faithwire.com. Well, Justin Trudeau has invoked emergency powers in a move that has sent chills down the spines of many. Today is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. You can find us on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe over there. Don't let the algorithms decide what you see and don't see where you get your news. Get it from somewhere that shares your values. Get it from CBN and Faithwire. Go ahead and subscribe to the 4 and 3 podcast. We'd love to have you here with me. As always, today, Trey Gones Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire.com with a quick look at what is coming up on the podcast today. What's going on, guys? Happy Tuesday. The weekend is upon us almost. <laughs> upon days. Days. We're almost there. <laughs> Happy Tuesday, everyone. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, so, Trey, we're, we're, we are the yeah. best podcast for the early of the week, especially because yes. we really make you feel like that weekend is, we're like, hey, you're one step closer. And then, you know, hump day is coming. Then Friday, Junior. And then all of a sudden it's Friday. It happens every time. And, and look, yeah. if you want, all I'm saying is if you want your week to go by quicker, get an enjoyable podcast such as this one to get all the news you need. And um, we'll get you primed for the weekend on Monday. It's amazing. It's amazing right. how it we is. do it. I don't want to yeah. toot our own horn too much, but it is amazing how we do it. Yeah, the weekend is winking at us. <laughs> All right. So the what's the, <laughs> I'm sorry. It ahead. does seem like the the week goes by so fast already. Like I don't really necessarily need yeah, a. That's true. If you're busy, the week goes by. It, it flies by. So. Yeah. yeah. But if you have slow mornings or slow whatever, you're having a slow day, a tough day. We are here to help. Yes, for sure. Indeed. All right. So what what no. do we got coming up? All right. So I'm going to be talking about a British doctor who is finally getting his day in court after he was fired for hypothetically saying that because of his Christian faith, he wouldn't uh, refer to a transgender person using his or her pronouns. Mm. A hypothetical situation he was fired over. Uh, but he's like I said, he's getting his day in court. So we'll talk about that. Mm. Well, on an uplifting note, we're going to talk about <laughs> a, a woman who was arrested for a DWI and the arresting <laughs> officer striking up a really amazing life changing friendship. OK, you have had me worried there for a second, Bill. You said on an uplifting note, and then you started with the DUI. So I thought, wait a minute, how's that uplifting? But it, I, I see where you're going, and I'm looking forward to hearing that one. But we are going to start right north of the border in Canada. Uh, and I know we have a lot of Canadians listening to this podcast, and um, I'd be interested to hear from you guys on what happened with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as he invoked the Emergencies Act yesterday in an effort to crack down on protesters that he called initially a fringe minority. And a couple of bridges and border crossings were blocked. And so uh, they decided to come on out with these um, powers. And so here is Trudeau explaining that um, in a press conference yesterday. Take a listen. To continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus, after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories, after speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. I want to be very clear. 
The scope of these measures will be time-limited, geographically targeted, as well as reasonable and proportionate to the threats they are meant to address. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. Some interesting language there used in that if you caught it in that statement, notice he did not uh, talk at all about consulting people in the country, the citizens of this country, just all of the elites. Um, and if you also notice, there were lots of words like illegal, danger, threat, um, making it sound very nefarious and and uh, violent and almost like there's some terrorism happening here or something to that effect. So that's the way he chose to frame this. This is the first time that this uh, emergencies act has been used that replaced the war measures act in 1988 and it's the first time uh, that it's been used so um so some some very uh disturbing comments from there according to many who are you know very uh, kind of leery about uh this promise that it's going to be reasonable and you know time limited um not sure everyone is fully buying into that but also here, we have another clip here. This is from um, one of uh, Prime Minister's cabinet mem- uh, Trudeau's cabinet members here. And uh, she's talking about how they're going to broaden their powers. Take a listen to this. We are announcing the following immediate actions. First, we are broadening the scope of Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. Our banks and financial institutions are already obligated to report to the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada, or FinTrack. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack and they must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. That's Christia Freeland, ironic name there, Canada's finance minister. Um, and she was explained there, you see, again, using the word illegal, um, likening it to terrorism, saying, well, it's not, you know, it's not covered under our terrorism laws here. So we just, we're just going to broaden that. Notice how they didn't go through and make any new laws about that. They just decided they were going to go ahead and broaden that scope. And so, man, what a chilling effect that's going to have on these crowdfunding platforms they're going to have to go through all of these government um you know basically government uh channels in order to to be able to operate and it, it really just gives the government more access more control more ability to turn off and turn off uh, on and off funding whenever they so choose if they just decide as you heard trudeau they just i spoke to a couple of the other power elites here and we decided that this was a threat 
and therefore we're going to do it. So they give themselves more powers and then decide to turn those powers on and off whenever they want. Very, very chilling stuff happening uh, north of the border. Why does it matter? Well, I mean, guys, I mean, we haven't had it happen to this extent in America yet. But I can guarantee you that there are statists in American government who are watching what's happening in Australia, in New Zealand, in Canada, and they're looking at how they can implement some of those things here in America because it just makes governing more easier for them. And it makes being able to, um, in their minds, you know, wield state power more uh, with more flexibility. And they'll, they'll do it in the name of protecting the country just as uh, Trudeau is there. But very interesting to see a far leftist see a movement of truckers, of workers in Canada and react in this way. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part of all of these restrictions and regulations. When you are in a panic, you make bad decisions. And when you have, you know, unforeseen circumstances, it's really easy to say, oh, no, we have to bend the rules this one time to make sure that we can accommodate what we want as the government. And that's what you're seeing happen here. I think the biggest problem is that it points back to the vaccine and that the vaccine, while an amazing therapeutic and while it has helped people, is not doing everything they said it would do, i.e. it's not preventing preventing people who are vaccinated from spreading the disease. And so this vaccine mandate then gets called into question. And there's a lot to really discuss there. But I think the bigger problem, when all is said and done, we're going to look back at this and say, how much power did we hand over to the yeah. government? And yeah. what are they going to use it for next time? And that's what you were alluding to, Dan. That That is a huge question mark now in a world that is literally many times being governed by people who don't seem to have the best intentions or don't seem to be playing with a full deck. That should be concerning <laughs> for the future. Well, yeah, and and, the, and especially when you look at an issue that like someone like Trudeau is super passionate about, which is all the green stuff and the climate stuff. And when you put these levers in place, is it unreasonable to think that they're not going to move these levers when they decide that uh, there's a threat to our country? They they can just use that language. Well, this climate you know shift has presented a threat to our very well being, and then. Here we go. We've got all these things we can use under threat. Rahm Emanuel said it out loud, the things that you probably shouldn't say out loud, but never let a crisis go to waste. And uh, yeah. I really think that's what you're seeing from people who favor. And in their minds, they're not being nefarious. They think that this is the best way to run a country, that that the state needs more control and be able to have flexibility in these situations. You sh and it's just too much red tape to go through when you have to go through Congress and make a law to pass these things. You can't act quick enough that way. So that's their thinking. So it's not like they're trying to be Dr. Evil up there in their minds. But uh, it always, always ends poorly when you go that route. Yeah, more Frau Barbitua, not uh, whatever her name is, <laughs> yeah. not, not Dr. Evil. Well, I mean, freedom, it's, it's such a so pesky, always in yes, the way. It's always in the um, way, slowing us down. So What's interesting is that obviously this is not just isolated to Canada, right? It's an issue that's yeah. getting a, a ton of attention around the world, but all eyes are on Canada right now because the Canadians have um, pulled off certainly the most um, you know front-facing protest so far uh, on these issues, yeah. and it's been three weeks long now. But um, 
Franklin Graham actually just tweeted about this a few minutes ago. Uh, He said, Justin Trudeau is invoking the Emergencies Act, which gives the government more power to, quote, restore order in response to the Freedom Convoy protests. The truckers are actually the ones who are trying to restore order by defending the freedoms of Canadians, Graham wrote. And then he said, Alberta Premier uh, Jason Kenney warned that he thinks Trudeau's actions will further inflame and potentially prolong the protests. Graham said, I agree. This could be the Canadian Revolution. Or could this be the Canadian Revolution? They want freedom and they need our prayers. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting to see the attention that it's not just getting in Canada, but it's getting around the world and even from you know, faith leaders like Franklin Graham. Yeah. Yeah. And we will, uh, we will of course, keep an eye on it and give you all the updates uh, on CBN and on Faithwire uh, from this Freedom Convoy. Because other Freedom Convoys are popping up, by the way, guys, before we go on to the next story here in uh, yeah. Jerusalem. There's another one, and our uh, CBN's Chris Mitchell, who's uh, the bureau chief there in the Middle East bureau chief for CBN there in Jerusalem, is reporting on that as well. So definitely be sure to check that out. Yeah, and even here in the United States, CBN News has a story just a few days ago that says truck drivers are planning a big California to D.C. Hmm. convoy uh, to protest COVID mandates. So they're they're cropping up, like you said, Dan, everywhere. So, all right. Story number two. So a UK doctor uh, who was fired a few years ago for saying, hypothetically, uh, he was asked if a transsexual person uh, who was biologically male came in, uh, had a beard, uh, but identified using female pronouns, would he refer to him using those female pronouns? Of course, the government had a right answer, and the right answer was yes. Um, But the doctor, citing his Christian faith, said no he wouldn't do that uh, because he wanted to remain faithful to scripture the doctor's name is david uh, macarith uh, so his case he is a previous tribunal case that was heard in 2019 uh, and his speech was labeled not worthy of respect in a democratic society and incompatible with human dignity that was the tribunal's decision after he was fired in 2018 because he said he would not refer to a, um, a transgender person uh, using uh, his or her preferred pronouns. Well, now uh, the 56-year-old physician who has 28 years of experience under his belt, uh, he's going to challenge that 2019 ruling on his 2018 firing uh, in, in another uh, appeal hearing in front of the high court on March 28th uh, and 29th. He's being represented by the Christian Legal Center, which is an arm, a legal arm of the watchdog group Christian Concern. So this is what CBN News reported in 2019. The British government's Department of Work and Pensions fired Macarith from his job as a disability assessor in late June 2018 because, like I said, he refused to hypothetically refer to a six-foot-tall bearded man as Madam. Macarith had previously worked as an emergency doctor for the National Health Service He said that he was removed from his job at the time uh, after being interrogated, that's the word he used, uh, about his personal religious convictions by his then boss, James Owen. Uh, The doctor said that he would not use transgender pronouns uh, and claimed during the hearing that he was ultimately fired, quote, not because of any realistic concerns over the rights and sensitivities of transgender individuals, but because of my refusal to make an abstract ideological pledge. At the time, he said, I'm a Christian in good conscience and cannot do uh, what the DWP, the government organization, uh, is requiring of me. Uh, So his attorneys uh, argued then in 2019 that a DWP uh, policy of compelling staff to use, quote unquote, transgender pronouns was a breach of the Equality Act. 
uh, and it also flew in the face of his uh, religious uh, freedoms, his freedom of thought, of conscience. Uh, his legal team argued that his conscientious objection to transgenderism is based on his belief that, quote, it would be irresponsible and dishonest for a health professional to accommodate and or encourage a patient's uh, impersonation of the opposite sex. He also argued, based on his Christian beliefs, uh, that it flies in the face of Scripture. He said his belief in the truth of the Bible, and in particular, uh, the truth of Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created them, male and female he created them. But the judge at the time uh, ruled that Macrath's belief in Genesis one twenty seven, while it is Scripture and, and would seemingly uh, be, be, you know, religiously uh, apply, you know, a religious application because it's, it's from scripture. But the judge said that that's just mere opinion uh, and does not count as a religious exemption as, uh, as listed in the Equality Act of 2010. Um, But gender is not just an opinion, gender identity. It's not. Gender identity is not an opinion, but uh, quoting the very first book of the Bible uh, doesn't count as um, as a religious. I would like to ask this, Judge uh, Trey, yes. if the word of God is not enough for a religious exemption, then what is? What is the standard? I guess it's yeah. um, the word of self, the rainbow flag, or something. I don't know. Is that is that uh, is that what they have to go to for their ultimate authority? I mean, I, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't. So that to me is the most important piece of the story because it, it doesn't make any sense, and I presume that will be a, a big chunk of their argument uh, in late March when they uh, when they appeal the the ruling before the high court. Uh, but this is why it matters. This is the statement that Macarth issued uh, just recently, you know, in light of the the upcoming hearing. He said, "My case affects everyone, not just me and Bible believing Christians, but anyone who is concerned by compelled speech and transgender ideology mm-hmm. being enforced." on the NHS and other public services. Uh, He said the judgment from two years ago said to Christians, you have to believe in transgender ideology. That is totalitarianism, he said. It made out Christianity to be nothing, the Bible to be nothing. That cannot be allowed to stand. Look, I think that more and more of these cases are going to continue to crop up, and it should be chilling to any believer, really anybody, uh, when a judge in 2019 rules uh, you cite scripture as your reason for conscientiously objecting a, a sincere belief and the judge says that doesn't matter that's just your mere opinion i think the the scary reality is that there are going to be more and more of these kinds of judges uh, who are going to want to say that uh, thankfully when it comes to religious liberty so far in the united states it seems like it's uh, we've we've gone in the direction of of religious freedom um but that doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Uh, so I think these stories we need to pay attention to. And just because it's the UK doesn't mean that it's that it's not worth paying attention to. So we'll certainly be following and, and reporting on, on Macrath's case uh, at CBN News and Faithwire.com. Yeah, it's the Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Ukraine. Yeah, my uh, my reaction to that is, you know, the, the first comment I had about the about the word of God, the very word of God, and then not considering that authority. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of complaints you know, from people who don't like Christians or don't like Christianity is that they're trying to institute a theocracy. They just want to, you know, put all of these Christian morality rules into the into law and they want a theocracy. Well, I don't see how the folks that are jamming down this gender ideology down the throat of Americans, how that's any different than a theocracy. It's just yeah. a different ideology. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, if you go against it, dare you go against it, you should be shut of society. 
you know, deemed hate speech and everything else. I mean, imagine if you put this in there on these Christian beliefs on, uh, you know, relationships and, and, and you just started wielding these laws uh, and say, you know, and saying that if you didn't do this, j just flip flop the, uh, you know, the ideology is all I'm saying. And you'll see how ridiculous it is right. because you know, we've already heard about the dangers of a theocracy, but apparently they don't seem to care about that when it's their ideology. Well, it's like if I walk around and I demand that everybody call me Billy Hollowell, son of Jesus Christ, the one and only <laughs> God's son. And if they won't call me that, then they're I'm bigoted. Then they're hateful. I mean, I think this is, you know, it's, it's interesting. And I think we need to engage in conversations about it because right now Christians are losing out. I think because we haven't properly engaged these issues to begin with. And so, you know, the improper engagement and the ignoring of it, that hasn't helped and culture is changing so fast. But imagine if I walked around and I said, oh, okay, all the people who are friends with me who don't agree with my faith, if they don't come to church with me on Sundays and affirm what I believe, then they are horrible, evil, bigoted, terrible people. And I mean, that's literally the equivalent of what this is. And once you start to explain that to people and have those conversations, you know, we can never go wrong with loving people, but you have to love people in the truth. And what this demands is that you love people in, in a lie. Now it's, it's one thing if this doctor was going around intentionally, you know, quote unquote, misgendering people to harm them or to hurt them or to make them, yeah, that's not what's going on in most of these cases. People don't want to be forced into, into telling a lie and so if we're going to defend religious freedom, it's not just about that freedom. It's about, I think, helping people understand who we are, what we believe, and that we're going to lead with that love and that truth. But yeah, I, th I think giving those examples is important because they're absurd, but they're not that yeah. different from yeah. what's happening here. Yeah. Well, and two, and Macrath, he said this several times over the, the last few years, is it's not just a religious issue. He said medically it's important to know this information uh, because you know, the way we treat biological males and biological females is different. So you can make a case uh, for his point of view completely removed from religion if you want to, and it's just as valid. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, the, there's that component too. But anytime we talk about the transgender issue, I think of this Warren Wearsby quote that says, true. Truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. Uh, so I think we need to strike that balance in how we address this issue, but we certainly can't ignore it. Mm. Look at you. You're like quotable. I love it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, on a bright note, as I mentioned, and I know every, every time I say this in the show that I mentioned a DWI, uh, <laughs> but, but it is a positive story. So, so this is a story out of Minnesota, and it involves this woman, Amy Martin, who 10 years ago was driving in her car. She was swerving all over the road, and Minnesota trooper Christy Sue Hathaway noticed her car, knew immediately what she was dealing with. She pulled Amy over to discover that she was glossy eyed. She had an open bottle of vodka in the car. Clearly, um, I think she was actually three times over the legal limit. And then in the backseat of the car was her less than two year old daughter mm -hmm. sitting there. So this police officer obviously arrests the woman. She arrests Amy. And an interesting thing happens. The officer was very new on the job. As she's getting ready to book her, to book Amy, she says to her, please don't do this to your daughter. She needs a mom. And then the officer shares that she knows the need for a mom because her own mom left her when she was 10. And so it's interesting because in that moment, Amy, who's being arrested, she's like, you know, you're, you're right. I'm going to turn my life around. You know, I'm going to come visit you in a year when I'm sober. And the cop is thinking, yeah, okay, I'll never see you again, right? So a year later, sure enough, Amy shows up and she shows up with a medallion showing 
that she had gotten treatment and that she was a year sober. And what was intriguing about that moment is that it really struck up a friendship between the officer who arrested Amy and Amy. And that friendship has extended 10 years. Every single year, Amy um, goes back to Officer Hathaway, gives her her new medallion, you know, signifying another year and gets the old one back. And as you start to peel apart the story, both of these individuals, the cop and the woman, their lives have totally changed. Um, Hathaway, the officer said, quote, she's part of my family now. They've gone to each other's weddings. They've actually formed a real friendship out of this. But the officer said something else that was was really interesting. She said, it changed my life. It's been a really tough couple of years in our field. There have been times where you kind of wonder, why am I in this job? It reminds me of why. It mm. gives me hope. And so there's that element. And then you go over to Amy who, you know, obviously it's embarrassing to be arrested for a DWI. It's destructive. It's potentially deadly to others and yourself. Uh, But she said, quote, if this wouldn't have happened, there's no question in my mind I would not be here today. She saved my life. So she's crediting Hathaway with saving her life. And so I think why does it matter? The big lesson here is that it's obviously a touching story. It's amazing they formed this friendship out of a really unexpected situation. But I think it proves that difficult moments, they can really change and refine our lives, but that we can change no matter how far we fall in. And that's the, that's the really cool part about Amy's story. But then that encouragement, the officer gets, you just never know the steps you take, whether they're good or bad, the mistakes we make, how it's going to affect our lives and the lives of others. And so it's a good reminder of that. And I think it's a good way to close out our stories today. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of, um, kind of a a story we've got up on Faithwire about John Christ at the comments he made about his audience and we should we should do that one on the podcast tomorrow guys i don't think we did that one yet did we we did not podcast but yeah we should talk about that because uh, it's a similar sentiment to what you just said the 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 woman there was talking about in that if it didn't happen if the bad thing didn't happen then um they'd still be in that mess and john chris was saying that he was dreading the people finding out you know he, he knew he was doing these things that were wrong and he just felt like, you know, I'm this public guy. You know, everyone knows me as a Christian. They're going it, to, it's just, it's going to be doomed for me because I, you know, I'm a hypocrite and I'm not living, you know, what I say I, I, I am living. And, um, and then when it happened, he just was like, oh my gosh, he had suicidal thoughts, thought it was over. And, uh, uh, you know, anyway, and then the audience showed him forgiveness. So we can, we can talk about all of his comments, maybe play some clips tomorrow. But I, I, I it, it, that's what I thought of when I'm listening to that story. Sometimes, you need to, you know, have the wound before you fully heal. Yeah. You know, I think on the other side, too, we have a lot of police officers and law enforcement officials who follow CBN and Faithwire. And it's good to have an encouraging story, particularly like that officer said, it's been a difficult few years for police officers and, and the way that they've been perceived and reported about. Yeah. Um, so maybe to, to some listeners or readers at, at CBN and Faithwire who are police officers, they can hear this story and say like, ah, oh, there, there's a, a lot of value in what I'm doing. I, I have the potential, you know, my job isn't just to arrest people or to charge yeah, people right. or, or to be, uh, to be the bearer of bad news. Uh, sometimes I can be the impetus for positive change in people's lives. And this story is just an example of, of just that. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this podcast today. Look at that. Your Tuesday's over. It's over. (laughs) I mean, you're almost at, okay, well, go to bed now. Yeah. Yeah. You can just, well, blinking is winking. Yeah. It's winking. (laughs) So, well, not quite, but anyway, um, we're helping it. We're willing it. 
to come a little more well, just predicting it's on the just, way just that's, that's right there you go all right well if you want more news from a christian perspective head on over to cbnnews.com faithwire.com for more lots of great stories up there from uh, a value uh, that you stand behind so god bless we'll see you back here tomorrow <laughs>